0: Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony.
1: And I'm Alex. And my first story today is technology news. Okay, this is from foxbusiness.com. And the headline is, Drivers sick of new cars overbearing nannying technology.
0: Oh, is this like the things where it breaks and doesn't let you run into sidesway people?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is like the things that like make driving safer right? and help you be a better driver. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because people are inherently bad at it.
1: Yes. All those fancy features that come with your new car might be a little more annoying than useful. A new study from J.D. Power found that many drivers disable features like advanced driver assistance systems because the alerts are so bothersome. For example, 61% of drivers who said they were annoyed by lane-keeping and centering systems sometimes disabled the feature. Some drivers said they wouldn't want the, quote, nannying technology on their future vehicles, according to the study. What?
0: It's, so, wait, it's not because it doesn't work. They just don't like that it's keeping them in a lane? Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with people? Right? Uh this is, we had a family, we had a family friend who would like refuse to not drive a stick, like, like a stick shift car because she said, um, I want, I want to drive the car. I don't want the car to drive me. This is that's, this is that same group of people, right? That, <laughs> yeah,
1: yes. Your reaction yes, is exactly yes. right. Like that is, it's the same. It's this mentality of like, stop telling me what to do car. I know what I'm <laughs> driving.
0: It's that. I want to. I want to absentmindedly drift like, off road d- or drift, like into the side of another you know,
1: car. I want to like weave in the wrong lane on the highway. Like, why are you telling me to stop? Stop pinging every five minutes. Okay, I know I'm weaving. I know I'm almost hitting other cars. But like, stop pinging.
0: How dare you try to keep me safe?
1: <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm like, I, how, this, who makes, this makes me so mad. This? this
0: makes me so mad. If there were it, actually problems with it. I would maybe understand, like if they're like, it's, it's, act, it's, it's happening too off.
1: It's like, it's like falsely <laughs> alerting, like it, you didn't actually do the thing and it's alerting you. Right.
0: And that doesn't sound but like the no. case. They just don't like that. It's that it's nannying them. Yes. Or whatever. Yes. Huh.
1: And this was a statement from someone in the research department at JD Power. Auto make automakers are spending lots of money on advanced technology development, but the constant alerts can confuse and frustrate drivers. The technology can't come across as a nagging parent. No one wants to be constantly told they aren't driving correctly. How do you feel about that statement?
0: Still m- more more <laughs> mad. See, I'm I'm jealous of people that have these features because I have a like a slightly not like an old car. It's only six years old, but it was before they all started getting all the mm-hmm. like the alerts when a car is next to you. I still have to like yeah. swing my neck all the way around. Just to see if somebody is in the lane, like right next to me, because I don't have any kind of indication. And, you know, you can't always tell with the mirrors. That's why they added this feature, I assume.
1: Yes. <sighs> and I would just like to state that I am lucky enough to be able to have gotten a new car recently that has a bunch of these new features, and they're awesome.
0: I was gonna say, it's nice.
1: Like already, okay, well, I've had it for a little over a week, and I think, and I've been actually driving a lot. And I think already twice, there were a couple times that it alerted and it said, oh, you're like on the, like the white line. Like when I was like turning it, would like tell me like, oh, you're, you're kind of like veering off a little bit. And I I never, wouldn't have known that because it was like, oh, like I thought I was still centered.
0: Yeah. Well, especially with a new car when you don't have a good feel for how big it is or like exactly exactly where everything is. Exactly. Like Like, you're getting used to like what,
1: how does this car feel and where am I on the lane and stuff? And like, it's, it's really awesome. Like, I just wouldn't, I I love the alerts. I mean, cause it's not like it's happening every single second because I'm not a bad driver. (laughs) So that's not an issue. Oh, maybe
0: that's the problem (laughs) here. Maybe these people are all bad drivers and they don't like that they're being reminded of it constantly.
1: I think that's what it is. Like, why Uh. would you, why would you say that? Like, Oh, the alerts come on too often and I don't want to keep being reminded I'm a bad driver. Like what? You're a bad driver.
0: It just, it stop also,
1: being a bad driver. <laughs> it
0: also annoys me that they're doing a study of what people think of these features as opposed to doing a study of are they making a difference? Which they probably are. Like that seems yeah. like that seems like a more valuable study to do. Like,
1: yeah, agreed.
0: Then if if they're not actually making a difference, then these people might have a leg to stand on, but I bet that they're helping.
1: I completely agree with you.
0: I think anything that draws your attention back to the road when like in these cases, a lot of times you're probably not your attention's probably drifted. Yeah. Like
1: Yeah, definitely. You
0: uh, I, uh, this this kind of stuff just makes me so mad. It's just people who don't like want change just for the sake of not wanting change.
1: Yeah. Because it it is different. It is a different experience to have your car like d- giving you these alerts if you're not used to that. Mm-hmm. But like seriously, it is making everyone safer. Right. <gasps> Why would you complain about it? It's just beyond me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was an interesting insight. I hope someone is doing that study that you just mentioned.
0: Yeah. I'd be curious to know those results. My first story is Space News. This is from CNET. Astronomers find bizarre planet unlike any other discovered so far. Oh. Which they always say that. I, and they didn't really even <laughs> say why it was different in the headline, which oh, kind of annoyed me. Oh, um, Anyway, if a planet is big enough, its gravity tugs on its parent star just enough that we can see the faint changes in starlight. So that's, this is a technique that um, astronomers can use to determine if there's something orbiting a star. Um, oh, okay. Using this method, a team of astronomers watched the star HR 5183 with three telescopes for 20 years and found a massive planet around three times the size of Jupiter spinning around it on a highly unusual egg-shaped orbit. And there's I'm going to show you an image of this before I go any further just because I don't I don't think you can truly appreciate how weird of an orbit this is until you see a picture of it. Okay. Um when they say egg-shaped, they mean there's the star and there's the planet. The planet is coming very close to the star and then orbiting incredibly far oh, <laughs> away whoa. from it. Like it's almost like a slingshot sort of situation where the the planet just Goes flying off and then comes back around.
1: Yeah. Uh, so
0: it's a it's Whoa. a it's a highly unusual orbit. Um, not uh, because it's elliptical. That's not actually that uncommon. Even like the ex planet Pluto had had mm-hmm. a similar uh, yeah, orbit to that. that. But it's weird because it is so far away. They say that if you place this planet in like overlaid it on our solar system with our sun, where that planet's Um, home star is it would swing in closer to the sun than our and then jupiter but then swing out beyond neptune (laughs) whoa so and that's what that image i showed you was is they had overlaid it over top of our solar system so you could kind of see okay like uh, compared to the other orbits of most of the planets in our solar system are pretty much concentric circles but this one is very very different wow Um, so how did they find out about this uh so radial velocity measurements allow astronomers to carefully examine the movement of a star in space. Uh, due to the Doppler effect, when a star is moving further away, the wavelengths it emits decrease, and when it's moving closer, they increase. Uh, astronomers can detect these changes in wavelength to determine how the star is moving. Halfway through the time that they were observing this um, this star, which was, like they said, about 20 years Um, the team noticed that the measurements rapidly accelerated and then flattened out again, which led the researchers to believe that a huge new, a new huge planet was tugging on the star as it swung around it in a slingshot motion. So they were able to tell all that just from like the dot, like seeing how, um, like these radial velocity measurements that they're able to determine just like changes in wavelength. They can tell all of that just from like those, those measurements, um, from, this is Andrew Howard, a professor of astronomy at Caltech. He says, we detected the slingshot motion. We saw the planet come in, and now it's on its way out. So th- the time that they were observing it is when it was coming near the star. Um, that creates such a distinctive signature that we can be sure that this is a real planet, even though we haven't actually seen a complete orbit of it. Because they estimate that the, the full orbit takes between 45 and 100 years.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Like, yeah. It, I mean, it's got a long way to travel. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, wow. it's, it's just, it's really weird. And I definitely recommend, we'll obviously include the the link to the story in the, in the show description, but like you have to see this picture cause it, it just really puts it in perspective. Like this, this planet is just yeah. like covering the entirety of our so solar system, weird. but in like only half of it's, it's so strange. Um, yeah. Cool space stuff.
1: That is cool. My mind just jumped to, okay, so their seasons are years long just like the fictional setting of Game of Thrones.
0: Ah. So I wonder, winter's probably coming because it sounds like it's leaving the star.
1: Yeah. Winter's coming for that planet.
0: For this planet three times the size of Jupiter.
1: hmm
0: <laughs> Or three times the mass of Jupiter. Ah. Yeah. Important distinction. Yes. But it's probably also larger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, my next story is animal news. <laughs> This is from National Geographic Sri Lanka is home to a new species of blue tarantula Or a newly discovered species Scientists found the arachnids within an isolated patch of southwestern rainforest And the, the new species has been named Are
0: you ready for this? I'm so excited
1: Kilobrachis van vanciclei
0: well, that wasn't what I was expecting.
1: <laughs> which I've personally decided to abbreviate to CJ for the purposes of sanity <laughs> while I report on this article. Um, and apparently the spider was named after, after a university donor named Joni Triantis Van Sickle, which they just combined that person's. Joni
0: Triantis v-
1: Van Sickle. Like four words.
0: That? Okay. Joni like,
1: Triantis Van Sickle.
0: I was trying in my head to figure out where the spaces were in that.
1: <laughs> I think how I said it was unclear. Okay. I, <laughs> Joni Triantis Van Sickle, which is, and Van and Sickle are two words.
0: And Triantis.
1: Triantis is a name.
0: Is one name. Yeah. And Joni is. Obviously and Joni's a name. Okay.
1: Yeah. So they took all those names and like smushed them together. And added an EI at the end. Mm -hmm. And that's the name of the spider.
0: That's, okay.
1: Isn't that interesting? I feel like
0: they could have picked a couple of them, maybe, or just...
1: Yeah, like, just, I don't know, made it simpler in some way. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, the females (laughs) of the species are fuzzy, turquoise-tinged, and, quote, big enough to comfortably hug a donut. (laughs) That's how that the is, article described it. That is
0: the best description of size I've ever heard in my life.
1: <laughs> that's how they chose to describe that's, the size.
0: And I can immediately picture how big that is.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: I could uncomfortably hug a donut. So I'm I'm too big to. to uh, okay, that's neither yeah. here nor there. But I I just that is that makes me so happy.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you had that reaction to that. Here's a photo of. The spider, the tarantula.
0: It's so pretty. Isn't it pretty? It's beautiful.
1: So basically, the legs are like a shimmery blue.
0: Yeah. It kind of looks like just picture a tarantula in your head, chop off all its legs, and then put new <laughs> blue ones on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that wasn't what I was expecting. That's kind of what it looks say. like, though.
0: Because it's, it's got like a brown body and then yeah. blue legs.
1: That's okay. Yes, I see that. Like the body is like, don't worry, standard. we, gave it, Brown we gave it back
0: legs. We didn't just <laughs> chop, chop its legs off for the sake of it.
1: So CJ is only the second species within the Chilobrachis genus to be found in Sri Lanka. So there was only one other like tarantula in that genus. Okay. Um, the man that found this was described in this article as a quote, prolific spider hunter. Um, He collected some of these shimmery arachnids on an expedition in 2015 and then spent two years making detailed physical comparisons between them and known species, and he eventually concluded that the spider was unique and Hmm. named it and published on it, et cetera. All right. Um, Yeah. So, And then they they just noted at the end that this discovery highlights the rich biodiversity of Sri Lankan uh, wildlife and how many spider species are yet to be found, because there's probably many more.
0: Oh, Yeah. Spiders can they can they can be little hidey guys too.
1: I know, and it's amazing how these huge tarantulas—they're so big, yet Mm -hmm. they also can just hide away. And it's yeah, yeah.
0: My next story is technology news, Uh, and this is from TechCrunch. Emoji Vision app turns your iPhone's camera into a real-time emoji painting machine.
1: I don't know what that means.
0: Nobody nobody should. It's a weird sentence. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is a new app that was created by developer Gabriel O'Flaherty Chan. Okay, It's a hyphenate name. uh, Called Emoji Vision that lets you see the world as if it were made up entirely of emojis. Uh, the free app, which what? does include an optional in-app purchase that unlocks more emoji packs, uh, works by breaking down your uh, iPhone's camera sensor input into its color palette fundamentals, finding its nearest neighbor from a subset of emojis organized thematically within the app, and then rebuilding the image with a filter that overlays the image. So basically, it's like it's kind of like a Snapchat filter, but it just overlays the entire image with emojis from like a certain, and you can like select different like groups of emoji. Um, and you can use the app to take selfies. Uh, you can use it on photos that are already in your phone's photo gallery, or you can just play around with it—the uh, re- the resolution. Because you can actually like, um, there's a plus and minus button in the app that lets you change like the size of the emoji, which like determines how like clear the image is versus like how clear it is that it's made out of emoji. Yeah. <laughs> I downloaded okay. it, obviously. Oh
1: yes, yes. Okay, because I actually think I can picture what you're saying. You're saying it's like one of those like collages yeah. where you see an image, but actually every pixel is actually like its own image.
0: Exactly. But that. in this
1: case, it's emojis.
0: Um. So I can yes. imagine
1: what that looks like in my mind, but I very much would like to see an Here. example.
0: Go ahead. And the the coolest <gasps> part about the app is that it's real time, so you can uh, you can just play point the camera at things and see. Um, like different things in. <laughs> Alex just took a picture using the baby's emoji filter <laughs> so that every single part of it is a baby <laughs> emoji. <laughs> The best part oh is God. taking a picture and then like zooming in on it and seeing what all it's made out of. Yeah. Um, Wait.
1: Do you you can do the plus minus thing afterwards or only in real time?
0: <laughs> I think only in real time. <laughs> for some that reason, is you so ridiculous. For some reason, you can zoom in and out really, really far, or uh, you can change the resolution to be like giant emoji or very, very tiny. Okay. Um, well,
1: can is there a thing that's like any use any emoji?
0: Um, well. Oh, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, that actually turned out really well. Uh, I should take that again and save it uh, <laughs> uh but there's a bunch of different emoji packs so you got babies basic black clocks cubes faces flags fruit junk <laughs> pride weather Wait, weather's my favorite what's
1: in the junk pack
0: the junk it's junk food
1: oh okay. so it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want I want to do that one.
0: Um weather white and then they've got a whole bunch of extra ones that are that like in-app purchase that was mentioned. Okay. Um but the app is free and you can take you can do quite a few of them for for free. The ones that I just listed at least. Um I'm going to give That's you hilarious. Give this back to you so you can take a picture. Uh
1: Yeah, let me try it. Let me try another one. Junk.
0: But it's It's really fun to play around with. I highly recommend downloading it. Uh, This episode was not brought to you by this app. I just am a big fan, and having just recently discovered it, and you also all know that I'm a huge fan of Emoji. So none of this should be a surprise. What How do creepy does that look? Oh, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, both of the colors that it selected are uh, the cho- well, the chocolate bar emoji is your mouth and eyes and hair. <laughs> Most of your face is popcorn <laughs> with some shading in donut.
1: <laughs> that was very amusing.
0: It's it's a lot of fun. Once again, I brought something highly visual to an audio medium, but I don't care. You should download the app. It's really fun.
1: <laughs> Wait, one more time. What's it called?
0: Emoji Vision. Okay. It's all one word. If you, it's the first result if you search it.
1: Okay, my next story is science news. And this was actually sent to me by one of our listeners. Oh, hey. This is from thenextweb.com. Scientists in Florida may have just saved the third largest coral reef on the planet, Florida's Great Barrier Reef. Florida Aquarium senior coral scientist Carrie O'Neill, a.k.a. the Coral Whisperer, and her team of researchers announced last week that they had successfully spawned Atlantic coral in a lab, the first time this has ever been accomplished. Wow. Wow. The implications for their work will probably have a huge impact on efforts to resuscitate coral populations around the world. Coral colonies throughout the world's oceans are dying off due to a combination of disease, rising water temperatures due to climate change and damage caused by ships. The general scientific consensus is that the only way we're going to save the coral from extinction, including Australia's Great Barrier Reef coral, is to, one, significantly lower carbon emissions, and two, encourage the coral to procreate,
0: To play it some, like, some sexy music and, like, lower the lighting.
1: (laughs) um, You're laughing about that, but that's literally what they did in this lab. What? They literally played it romantic music and made the lighting, like, a certain way. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. I was about to describe that. (laughs) That's amazing. So, okay, so first of all... (laughs) Like many animals, coral actually reproduces with egg and sperm, which I did not know before know reading that this.
0: I um, guess that makes sense. I I knew it was a little animal. Like they animal. have
1: male and female, like versions of the coral. Huh. It, but they also can reproduce asexually, like starfish do. But okay, they can both ways. I guess so. Huh. I well, I learned something new from seems that. Seems like
0: they should be doing just fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> they got and all so, options. Well,
1: so in in a lot of these reefs, um, the male and female populations are too far apart for like a good, like, natural procreation, basically, Um, which is part of the reason why they're not, like, repopulating fast enough when bad things happen. Mm -hmm. So these scientists tried to see if they could facilitate coral mating in a lab environment, which is actually really hard to do um, because certain, like, conditions have to be exactly right. So, like, the lighting has to be a certain way and the temperature has to be a certain way. Um, The species that this team was working with was called pillar coral, they typically mate during summer months at night after a full moon.
0: Oh. And I'm just like, what, that's what very is it? We're, werewolf
1: coral? Like yeah.
0: Just...
1: <laughs> so, so, with this in mind, the team created a computer controlled LED lighting system to ensure that the conditions were met correctly. And on top of that, they played Barry White music just because it was funny. <laughs> yes. So they were like playing Barry White in the lab.
0: Yes. That's so good. That's um, so good.
1: But yeah, they ended up being successful. They were able to get the coral to actually get into like the a mating cycle,
0: um, which <laughs> so you get into the. Mood. I don't know. I
1: <laughs> so the reason that this is really important is because no one's ever been able to do this with Atlantic coral species before. Yeah, and if they can do this now, they can actually have like controlled environments where they do this and then seed the reef with the the new coral, basically. Mm using a technique like this. Yeah.
0: So that's awesome. Yeah. As much as I'm laughing like that is, that's phenomenal news.
1: I know it's super, it's really funny. Like the whole story of like them doing this, but, but also it's like, yeah, okay, let's do yes. this. Like this is actually like a light of a ray of hope. I know here. it always gives me a
0: little hope when there's like something we can do to undo some of the damage we've done. It just makes me. yeah.
1: Happy. It's like the coral reefs are so cool. And I want them to stay that way, you know?
0: Yeah. My next story is animal news. This comes from fizz.org, which I think I've mentioned before is P-H-Y-S, not not like fizzy drinks.
1: You did mention that before?
0: Yes. I just just want to make sure everybody knows. Uh, These albino lizards are the world's first gene-edited reptiles. Ooh. Yeah. Remember, we've talked about CRISPR before. Yes. Um, So researchers used CRISPR to make these albino lizards that are about the size of your index finger. Um, I think they're a species of annul. um, But they uh, provided a a technique for gene editing outside of the existing uh, animal models. And um, they also showed that the lizards can successfully pass gene edited alleles for albinism to their offspring. the way gene editing is performed in most model systems is to inject uh, CRISPR gene editing reagents into freshly fertilized eggs or single-celled zygotes. But uh, this technique cannot be used in reptiles because lizards have internal fertilization and the time of fertilization cannot be predicted. Um, so they can't do the same thing like they would do with uh, like a fish species that lays its eggs and like they're fertilized outside of the body. Okay. Okay. Um, but the research team noticed that the transparent membrane over the ovary allowed them to see all of the developing eggs, um, and they decided to inject the CRISPR reagents into the unfertilized eggs within the ovaries to see uh, if the CRISPR would still work just doing that instead of, um, well, they didn't have any other option with lizards. That's essentially all they could <laughs> okay.
1: do.
0: Um, they had to wait three months for the lizards to hatch, which makes this a much slower process than a lot of uh, gene-editing species. Um, but about half of the mutant lizards that were generated had gene-editing events on both the maternal allele and the paternal allele, which they were kind of surprised because there were unfertilized eggs, so they weren't expecting anything on the paternal one because mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, the sperm wasn't there when they injected. Um, so this suggests that the CRISPR components remain active for several days or even weeks within the unfertilized eggs, Oh, which is something they guess they just didn't know. Or wow. I guess would have really had no reason to know before, hmm. um, uh, so they, they learned a lot from doing this. As, as they get, like they said, this is the first time they've been able to gene edit a reptile, um, and uh, they. <laughs> I liked this. They yeah. said they had two reasons for making the lizards albino as opposed to editing other traits. First, when the albinism gene is knocked out, it results in a loss of pigmentation without being lethal to the animal, which is. I thought was a nice sentiment. Yeah. Then the second reason was less nice, uh, since humans with albinism have, um, or albinism often have vision problems. The researchers hope to use the lizards as a model to to study how the loss of this gene impacts retina development. So these lizards probably aren't going to have great eyesight, um, but maybe they can help us figure oh, out why yeah, that as happens. Long as, I mean, so the first reason <laughs> feels a little nicer than the second, but. Uh, Hey, it seems, mean, you, it seems like it could at I least mean, be useful.
1: It's not like super harmful to them to just right look at how is that affecting
0: their yeah. eyes. And to be fair, they're probably just going to be in a lab for the rest of their lives anyway. So, right, huh.
1: which is sad. But yeah, I
0: just made myself a little sad. But uh, the good news is, the science. Yeah. <laughs> science it's happened for science. <laughs> the um, science happened, and it was good.
1: And just like, I don't know, albino animals are neat, a little bit.
0: They're really cool looking. Like, here's the picture. I've always
1: thought that. Yeah, I think that is cool looking.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I know that doesn't totally justify, like, potential (laughs) animal abuse or whatnot, but they are cool looking. (laughs) Albino animals are cool looking.
0: Yeah, abuse isn't justified by the the color patterns, but, you know, they're pretty. (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right it's time for breaking news the part of the show where anthony and i (laughs) look for stories that just happened today (laughs) or just posted today (laughs) and we read them to you on the fly
0: (laughs) alex is malfunctioning at the moment uh please stay with us and we'll have her back in operating condition in just a few moments thank you ready set Go! go
1: Okay, I found a story on Fox 17 Nashville local news. Okay. Um, Tennessee man accused of driving drunk on electric Walmart cart on roadway. This is very short, but basically um, someone was arrested with a DUI. Um, Officers pulled him over driving a blue electric shopping cart from Walmart on a roadway.
0: (laughs) Drunk. (laughs) He was drunk driving a shopping cart. (laughs) I mean, of all the things that you could be drunk driving, like at least you're not probably going to hurt anyone, but probably yourself in that situation, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably. um, But, you know, I guess the police are trying to crack down on anyone drunk driving any type of I mean, of vehicle, so. he
0: should also probably, regardless of being drunk, shouldn't have been driving that on a road. I don't think those yeah, are I street think that, legal.
1: That's probably, it's probably just dangerous and illegal, even if he wasn't drunk.
0: Yeah, the drunkenness yeah, probably just doesn't right. help. You're the drunkenness right. is probably, let's be honest, why it happened in the first place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can probably assume that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Okay, I found this on UPI. Uh, man paddleboards from California to Hawaii In 76 days
1: What? Wait, on a paddleboard?
0: Okay, so his paddleboard is kind of like a mini boat <laughs> Oh But, I mean, the only way to propel it Is to paddle on it So, t- like, technically he is Like, paddling it But it does have a sleeping quarters And solar panels To charge electric devi- electronic devices Okay So it's like a fancy paddleboard, but he did, I mean, he did paddle and he was, it was like a standing paddleboard.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Anyway,
0: he was the first person to stand up paddleboard from California to Hawaii, uh, which I guess I'm not really surprised isn't already a record. Um, His name is Antonio De La Rosa. He's 50 and from Spain. Um, And he set off from San Francisco on June 9th with a 90 day supply of food and uh, didn't see anybody until this past Friday. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow!
0: Um, when he ran into a fishing captain, not ran into, like encountered, uh, he so that was that's about a twenty five hundred mile journey. He had hoped to make it in seventy days, so seventy six is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. and the uh, the paddleboard is called the Ocean Defender. It's twenty four feet long, and like I said, it includes a sleeping cabin and solar panels. So it's it's a it's more than your standard paddleboard, but I mean, it's all him powering it. And honestly, it sounds like it might even be heavier to move than a standard paddleboard anyway, so kind of huh. makes it even more impressive if you yeah. ask me. But yeah, he was briefly taken off course by Hurricane Flossie, which I didn't even hear about. Flossie? Yeah. I guess most Pacific hurricanes, I think, we don't hear about because they don't like, yeah, hit they're anything. Not,
1: yeah.
0: Um, but he was able to redirect his journey and has successfully made it.
1: Well, awesome.
0: Yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I- going to do that what a great <laughs> accomplishment <laughs>
0: yeah
1: um do you remember when we talked about that guy that was like swimming across the pacific ocean or something yes. crazy
0: did we ever find out how that ended
1: no but i thought it was supposed to take like months many months yeah potentially a whole year so
0: we definitely talked about it wouldn't we have heard about it i would think so i guess should i look it up we might maybe we should
1: Okay. I found, well, I'm just on Wikipedia right now, so hopefully this is accurate, but (laughs) apparently he got, he swam for 1700 miles, but the main sail of the assistant boat that was going with him, um, was repeatedly torn by heavy winds. And he decided to cancel the swim at one point just to keep the, the crew safe because the boat was becoming damaged Oh. So they made the decision that they needed to stop because the, the boat.
0: And they just never resumed it, I guess. I guess. Maybe they'll do it again later. 75 yeah, days, though. That's a that's a while.
1: Or, wait. 1,700 miles. Oh, so I'm I sorry.
0: I don't know where I got
1: that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many days it was. Um, that's a lot of a miles. But a while. Yeah. yeah, he started it in June of last year. Wow. So. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, he got pretty far, actually. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's <laughs> impressive that the reason they had to stop isn't him, but the boat.
1: Yes, I would agree that that's <laughs> impressive. Um, yeah, so maybe he'll try it again. I don't know, but yeah. I guess he had to. He had to stop. So, well, now we found out what happened to that guy. Yeah, I was I'm like, I dead. just remembered that I was like, I rem- we talked. If, okay, if you weren't listening back last year, I guess around June, whenever this guy. Did his like kickoff event for this swim across the Pacific Ocean? We just we talked about what he was going to do, and he was going to swim the entire way. But he had this crew with like a boat going along next to him the whole time, and like filming and like doing different things and be- there as like support. So he was
0: going and to so t- he could sleep, take at night. breaks. Yeah. yeah,
1: he he was going to take breaks and like go to sleep at night and stuff, but then just swim like the whole day. Yeah, every day. Which is crazy. I know.
0: Well hopefully he tries again yeah or i i mean i have no stake in it yeah
1: <laughs> hopefully he does it again so we can just talk about it again you know yeah like, we got a bonus little little fact nugget there at the end there there
0: you go fact nugget
1: <laughs> all right that's our show thanks for listening everybody we post episodes every friday and as always the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description
0: you can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Spotify. Ah, that's new.
1: Yeah. yeah. We
0: weren't on Spotify before. Now we are. So you can use that. Uh, and you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash news and on Twitter at, at NickneckNews.
1: All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.